Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Yeah, my name is Marcia. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a sugar addict. I'm a hundred pounder. I'm a restrictor. And uh, Judy asked me to share, and she's not here, but, um, and I used to go to this meeting. I think I told people, I can't see your names. So I don't know, I might recognize some of you. Um, okay, so I had a few, I had one question. Can I mention foods? Yes. Yes, okay. And just, I know that um, some people have a hard time with the word God and, um, I'm going to talk about spiritual things. Um, I do use the word God sometimes. I've struggled with the pronoun. I've struggled with the name. So um, just a warning ahead of time. I might say he, I don't mean masculine. I just mean, I don't know. I'm 69 years old. I grew up with he meaning both. And I use she or she, he, but sometimes I forget. Anyway, so um So the topic today is the fifth step, which is, to tell you the truth, one of my favorite steps in terms of the spiritual awakening that I have, as I usually say, surprised to have had when I got through with the 12, um, you never finished the 12th step, when I got to the 12th step. And I did want to read two promises um, from the book, um, and because I may refer to them later. And the first one is one of my favorite promises. Uh, It's in there as a solution. And it's the great fact is just this and nothing less that we've had a a deep and effective spiritual experience, which has revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows and towards God's universe. And my favorite words there are fact and effective because that's my experience is that through the 12 steps, um, I've had an effective spiritual experience that has, at least for today, solved my problem. And that's what the the program promises. Um, And then I wanna read the fifth step promises, um, which also, (laughs) every step has a promise. I don't know if, I mean, most people know that, but, and we always read the ninth step. I wish we'd read the other ones sometimes. Okay, so this is the, the fifth, these are the fifth step promises. Once we have taken this step withholding nothing, we are delighted. We look to the world, we look, we can look the world in, in the eye. We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us. We begin to feel the nearness of our creator. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. The feeling that the drink, or for me, eat, well, both actually, has disappeared, will often come strongly. And I love this. We feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And um, I worked the steps about seven times um, prior to getting into AA.
um, that is when I had the first, that was the first time that my fifth step, um, I had that feeling of walking down the broad highway hand in hand. That's not to say that the first seven weren't important. They were seriously important. Um, but it wasn't until I really, um, well, I, I guess what I want to say is your fifth step is as good as your first, you know, because it's at the first step that we become willing, or I should say I became willing when I was so desperate that I was willing to just, okay, just tell me what to do. And it says, you know, if you want what we have, you become willing to go to any lengths. And I feel like that's speaking directly about the fourth step. And so the first step with willingness, I started to write, I wrote a thorough fourth step. And it was through the process of the fourth and the fifth that for the first, I had had spiritual beliefs, just like it said, I had spiritual beliefs and I had had spiritual experiences, well, lots of spiritual experiences, but I hadn't had effective spiritual experiences. And even, you know, the many years I'd worked in the program, worked the program, I just didn't get that. And now my life has been revolutionized and I am, a different person. So um, I'll just qualify, hopefully briefly. Um, I wrote some notes down because I tend to ramble. So uh, I'm probably not going to get to everything, but here we go. Um, okay. My first memory of compulsive overeating was when I was four years old. And I lived, we lived on a corner and on the corner, there was a mailbox. And one day, my mother walked out the front door, walked down to the corner, mailed a letter, walked back and came in the house. And in that period of time, I was four years old because I've measured it. Um, I pushed a chair over to the counter, climbed up on the counter and was eating sugar out of the sugar bowl. I remember that. And then my addiction to sugar persisted. From that, from that moment on, or my conscious awareness started to grow from that moment on. Um, my dad said, and my dad said that when I came out, he said, when you came out the chute, the first thing you said was, what's to eat? So I've been a compulsive eater from the moment I was born, probably before, and a sugar addict. Um, the next memory that I want to share is when I was about seven years old, I was playing with a friend in her backyard and I told her that I needed to go to the bathroom. So I went in her kitchen. I found her, they had a, a can with sugar in it and a scoop and I scooped the sugar and I was poor and I poured it in my mouth. And that experience was, is a combination of things. It was total shame addiction because I just, I had to have it. I thought about sugar all the time, you know, not sugar, but sugar food. Um, and so there I was scooping it in my, so that's really a key moment in my uh, progression. Um, I didn't realize I was a restrictor until about two years ago. I had some inkling, but I didn't know what that meant. But when I was about 11 years old, my mom took me to a a doctor to talk to me about my eating problem. And her name was Dr. Clark in Palo Alto. And she said, Marsha, when you're hungry, that's a really good thing. So when you're hungry, that's a time not to eat. And this went, this was the balance. I was, you know, I binged or 
I was fasting or dieting. Um, so that's kind of, a, and then, okay. So then later, because I, you know, I really had a problem with binging, um, when in high school, um, uh, just an example would be, I would get up in the middle of the night, go into the kitchen and eat bowls of ice of, um, cereal while my parents were sleeping again, shame and, um, and compulsive eating. Um, and I remember my mom, she, she would not have sugar foods in the house, but occasionally she'd make a cake or something. And I would go into the kitchen in the middle of the night and I would scoop the frosting, you know, from the layers thinking and nobody would ever know. Um, and at that time in history, ice cream came in boxes and you could open one side and I used to eat it from the bottom again, shame and thinking nobody was going to figure it out. Um, so those are sort of examples of my eating. Um, then I discovered uh, Dr. Atkins. The, the Atkins diet when I was in high school was just pure protein. There was nothing else in it. And I would go on Dr. Atkins diets to lose weight. And I lost at one time, I think 40 pounds. That's, you know, I was overweight in high school and boy, I was thrilled. And so I started fasting and there was, I remember one month where I fasted, I would eat a half a sandwich, a hard boiled egg or a hot dog. That would be the only thing I'd eat in a day. Um, and of course, you know, I lost a lot of weight, which was thrilling and reinforced and I love the feeling of fasting. I got really high. I didn't just get high on losing weight. There's some chemical thing that goes on. So that was what started my binge dieting. And um, so I, and the dieting, okay, so that now I'll, I'll talk about that when I get to my um, later. That's about 10 minutes. Oh my God, you're kidding. I haven't even gotten, all right. So I'm gonna jump ahead. Um, I got into OA. Um, the night before I got into OA, I, I ate, I don't know, half of a container of granola. I got stoned and I was drunk on wine and my roommate came home and she said, that's it. I'm taking you to an OA meeting. And that was January 1st, well, 7th or something, um, 1979. And OA's changed a lot. Um, the first year I was in OA, I lost 90 pounds. And again, I was thrilled. But I wasn't able to maintain abstinence. And I understand now is because I was using abstinence as a diet. I was focused on the food plan. Um, if I was compulsive, I would call my friends and, you know, frantically try to get them to talk me out of it. And I'd go spend the night at their houses so that I wouldn't eat. And I would do all these techniques, but I really wasn't working the program. Um, there were two other times in away when I was able to stay abstinent. And I did learn a lot and I did gain a lot of freedom um, in that time. One time I was abstinent for about five years and another time I was abstinent for about three years. But my career in OA has been relapse, abstinence, relapse, abstinence, sometimes for a month at a time, you know, and uh, gained a lot of weight. Uh, my top weight in OA was 323 pounds, which seems to be a magic number. There seems to be other people to um, then in 2003, I moved to Taos and we don't have OA meetings here. We've tried. I mean, I, I have been in groups where we have tried, I haven't been able to sustain them for very long. And they were diet clubs, lots of techniques, like don't walk down the, 
the cookie aisle. And uh, yeah, okay, don't walk down the cookie aisle, but that's not gonna keep me absent. Um, I got into AA and um, because I was also addicted to, well, not, I don't know, addicted to marijuana and I, was, and I am an alcoholic. Um, so I started working the program out of the big book and that was when I had what I already told you about this for the first time that I did a really thorough fourth step I had amazing experiences of my of God while I was doing my fourth step. And then when I finally did my fifth step, I walked out and I did. I felt like I was walking hand in hand. And I think it's really important. It was very important to me that I picked the right person. Um, you have to I had to really trust her. And I, and I needed someone who identified with me and uh, she was my sponsor and I love, I still do, I love her. She's not my sponsor anymore, but we're still friends. So that was in AA. And I can't, went back to California. That was when I was absent for three years. Then I came back to Taos and I was in relapse from 2014 until 2020 when we, finally got Zoom. And in that period of time, I gained, I gained, I was 191 pounds when I finally got abstinent. Um, and I, I'll tell you that story. Um, like I said, I didn't know exactly, but I kind of knew that I used abstinence as a diet. I call it abstinence. It was really the food plan. Um, and, but the idea, I thought I was abstinent, but really I was dieting. Um, so in May or April of 2020, I was 291 pounds. I was eating entire pies, entire packages of brownies, um, entire well, gallons, half gallons of ice cream. And I could not stop. No matter what I did, I couldn't stop. Um, um, and so I was so desperate, but there was just no OA meetings. And I tried doing them on the telephone and that didn't work for me, partly because I just didn't want it to work to tell you the truth. But one night I was watching Grey's Anatomy and maybe you've seen this episode. There was a guy who was about 500 pounds and um, it's a very sad story. There's all these things. He falls off the gurney. They can't get him back on the gurney. Um, his wife loves him dearly. There's nothing she can do to save him. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm going, man, you need professional help. And a light went on and I went, oh, I need professional help. All these years in OA and reading all these nutritionist books and doing all these food plans, I had been in every faction of OA and had done every food plan that was recommended and worked every food plan the way it was recommended. And every single time it worked, but there was always that moment because I was restricting. There was always that moment when I flipped to the other side and I started binging again. And it, you know, I just realized I really don't know what I need. So I called a nutritionist that I had heard. Her name is heard of. Her name's Kristen. I've been working with her since then. And the first thing she said to me is, we don't care how much you weigh and you're not where, you know, she didn't say it like this. She wasn't directive like this, but she said, we're not going to focus on weight. What we're going to focus is on is health and getting a healthy gut and a healthy digestive system, because my abuse to my body had, excuse my language, fucked up my my digestive system. And so I couldn't access the nutrients and I wasn't metabolizing my food. So she gave me a food plan that I could not believe. She said, we're going to focus on feelings of satiation and we're going to focus on um, 
um, eating healthy fats and healthy foods, which I have done now for two years and I've lost about 111 pounds. But the problem, the thing is, is that um, that's not the point because I haven't been focusing on my weight. I tell, I weigh myself, I tell her, she keeps track. And uh, she's the one who said, Marsha, you've lost 111 pounds. And we're like, we're really, okay, that's wild. Did you um, hear five minutes? Five minutes. Okay. okay. And I got an OA sponsor when I finally got back to Zoom. And it was when I was doing my first step that I really got it, that I had been restricting. Um, so now, what it's like now is I eat these huge meals that I'm really surprised. And um, they're delicious. She gave me all these recipes. I hated to cook before. Now I kind of like it. Um, and I'm satiated. I'm healthy. I have energy, whereas before I didn't. I, I walk every day. I do exercise classes that I enjoy and love very much um, three times a week. Okay, so the spiritual awakening. Um, well, part of that spiritual awakening was letting go, absolutely, and just following instructions. There was a guy that used to go to this meeting, and he said, I wasn't struck abstinent, I was struck willing. And that's been a really important sentence for me. And that's what happened for me with Kristen. It was just like, okay, tell me to eat fat, I'm going to eat fat. You tell me not to focus on how much I'm eating, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll just do it. Because I, all I cared about when I started working with her was, um, you know, just surrender. Um, so, and then, you know, and I've worked the steps and worked the fifth step again, which was miraculous. And this time I worked it out of the OA workbook, but I learned. The work, the step I do, I listen, I taped the 10th and 11th step and I listen to that every day. I don't, I'm not perfect and I don't do it actually every day, but um, working the 10th and 11th step has become the foundation of my life, but I would not have made my spiritual experience the most important part of my program had I not had the experience that I had that first time um, when I had that spiritual experience I told you about. Okay, so... What I've come to understand about the fifth step, um, I'm talking fast, I'm gonna take a breath. That's part of what I've learned from the fifth step is that I get to pause and I get to remember that I have a friend, my higher power. Sometimes I call my higher power friend. I have a friend and I'm walking down the broad highway and I'm hand in hand with this spirit of the universe that I do not understand. I'm a, I'm a psychotherapist and I have worked with people since a long time, 1986. And um, one thing I know, um, overeaters are just filled with shame. I always say scratch an overeater and you're gonna find shame. And I think it is one of the most motivating factors of our disease. And what I think the fifth step is about is coming out of isolation, being vulnerable with somebody, telling the truth about yourself, the secrets that you would never tell 
I remember when the first day I went into the OA meeting, I was shocked at how honest people were. And I remember, and this is going to sound kind of weird probably, but I remember thinking they were like talking about pornography. I mean, it was like talking about something that was so secret that you didn't want anybody to know, you know, when they were talking about their eating. I had never known anybody who ate like I did, you know, getting food out of the, out of the garage, out of the garage, out of the garbage. Um, I would pick up M&Ms that I saw in the middle of the street. I mean, I was, I even went out and dug food that I had thrown away into my, the garbage can outside. And I would eat that whole bags, whole boxes, you know, um, that's time. Okay. So let me just finish quickly. The point of the fifth step coming out of isolation, having the experience of vulnerability, which is the cure for shame, by the way, you probably know that being vulnerable, identifying, you know, having somebody you can identify with. So that that's the experience for me of humility, which is different than humiliation. Humility is freeing. Um, I had a friend who used to say how free I work the steps with integrity, the more freedom I experience. Um, I have these amazing spiritual experiences and I'll just close with, with this one. Um, this morning I got up, I live in a really beautiful place. If you ever, if you ever want to go someplace beautiful, come to Taos. It's amazing. And I walk out, I walk on the earth with bare feet when um, it's during spring and you'd be amazed how soft it is. Snow fluffs it up. And I stand on the earth and, and I, sometimes for me, God is mother earth. And I just allow myself to feel I belong here, which is a feeling I never had before. You know, I belong here. I'm just a little human being. I'm not more important than anything else, anyone else, but I have a relationship with God. And as my current sponsor says, God loves me fiercely, which is something I desire to understand its experience and its increasing and uh, I watched the sunrise and had I just stood there, you know, in my robe and my bare feet and watched the sunrise and looked at the mountains and and I experienced, like it says in the fifth step promises, perfect peace. And I also want you to know I'm imperfect and I freak out and I also have really, really difficult days. So I'm not always high like that. But today I was. I think that's it. Thanks.